This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Driving home from Barclays Center. Holy crap, the Brooklyn Nets won a game. Oh, my God. I forgot what it feels like. But tonight in Brooklyn, they beat the Sacramento Kings. I don't know why. I had like a tad of confidence going into this. Maybe it was the newness of Seth Curry making his Nets debut, of Andre Drummond making his Nets debut. Uh, Maybe it was the way they closed the Miami game. I'm not a big moral victory kind of guy. And certainly most of that comeback. Jesus Christ, I got two people drag racing to my left. I'm on the BQE heading home. Anyhow, maybe it was... What was I saying? Oh, yeah. Kyrie Irving was a big part of that crazy comeback against Miami. No doubt about it. But I don't know. I actually felt halfway decent. Uh, Even when they blew the 18-point lead, I think that's as big as it got in the first half of the game, and it was cut down to one. I liked the way they were playing tonight. There was great ball movement. Uh, Seth Curry was a much-needed jolt of outside shooting because this team just doesn't have a lot of that. You know, even when Durant is healthy, even when they are more whole, yes, KD and Kyrie can hit from the outside, but outside of that, I mean, you're really overly reliant on Patty Mills. And I thought most of the season they've been overly reliant on Patty Mills because, you know, who knew Joe, who knew Joe Harris was going to have an ankle injury that would turn into basically the entire season. So, look, Seth had a really good debut. I don't want to expect 23 a night from Seth. I'm not. But just adding that kind of outside shooting is such a big help. I I thought it was intriguing to see how Nash would use the bigs because he had everybody healthy tonight. Uh, Nicholas Claxton was active. LaMarcus Aldridge returned from that ankle scare. Obviously, Blake Griffin, De'Ron Sharp, and uh, the debut of Andre Drummond. And what was interesting, and I know it's going to change based on the matchup. It's going to change based on who they're playing. But we saw nothing from Nicholas Claxton. And, look, I expect that we're going to see Nick, depending on the matchup. But I'm just surprised they didn't make a trade before the deadline, especially armed with the two extra first-round picks after they pulled off the Harden deal. And as odd as it may sound, the fact that they made the Harden deal about, I'd say, an hour and a half before the trade deadline, maybe a little bit more, made me really think, oh, Sean wanted to get this done. He wanted to know what he had in his chessboard, his uh, his war chest, and he's going to go out and he's going to make some kind of deal. And I'm not I'm not sure who it was. I'm not sure if it was Miles Turner or if it was adding a playmaker. I don't know what it was, but I am surprised that Claxton and one of those picks are still on the roster. Claxton and even one of the rookies are still on the roster. But you know, Nick kind of feels like he may be the odd man out because. LaMarcus Aldridge is a must. Uh, His mid-range jump shot has been tremendous all season long. And, you know, and just trying to figure out how the pieces are going to work when Ben Simmons finally makes his Nets debut. And obviously making peace with the fact that they did what they did last week. They sort of had to. James Harden was a miserable F. They had to make a deal. 
Uh, I wanted Tyrese Maxey. I wanted Seth Curry. They didn't end up with Maxey. They did end up with Drummond, a guy that we certainly wanted a year ago and the two first-round picks. But just kind of thinking about, okay, how is this going to work with Ben Simmons? We know his flaws, and I'm not talking about, you know, the mental aspect of it or shrinking under the pressure in Philadelphia. That'll be something we'll have to deal with. But just his basketball pluses and his basketball minuses, and we all know what they are. So just kind of thinking out loud, you want to pair Ben up when he's on the floor with a big that can space the floor, which LaMarcus clearly can do. I'm not sure how Ben Simmons and Andre Drummond are going to fit on the floor together. I'm not sure how Ben and even Nicholas Claxton are going to fit together. Uh, Blake, if he can hit his threes, sure. But I'm not sure opponents are really going to respect his three-point shot, even though it's been a lot better over the last couple of days or last couple of weeks. But to me, right off the top, LMA's got to start at the five. And so you're kind of looking at a starting five once this team is whole. And, you know, obviously the questions remain about Kyrie and his eligibility for home games. But in a perfect world, you're looking at Kyrie, you're looking at Ben, you're looking at KD, you're looking at Mark LaMarcus, and then either Seth Curry or Patty Mills. I'd lean towards Seth Curry. And now you got Patty Mills coming off the bench. That's kind of your ideal situation. I'm not even factoring in Joe Harris because they don't even give us updates on Joe. And, I, I mean, I, I don't want to be ultra negative about what the hell's going on with his ankle, but is anybody actually confident he's going to come back? I mean, it'd be amazing to have him back to add three elite-level, above-average three-point shooters on this roster, and it makes you fantasize about a five-man unit of Kyrie, KD, Ben, Joe, and Seth. Or let's go even more nuts and say, hey, put the three shooters out there along with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. It's just there's there's a lot of exciting possibilities if Joe can come back, but I don't know if he's going to come back. I really don't. I don't know how you can expect it. Obviously, the priority is Kevin Durant, and when he comes back, everything changes. But you have to win games in the meantime, and that's what's been so frustrating over the last few weeks. Obviously, the Harden stuff which I'll get into a little bit more in a few minutes, but this freaking team had lost 11 in a row. And most of them, it seemed, were just ass whoopings. You know, there weren't a lot of, hey, we could have won that game mixed in. You know, the Washington game certainly was one of them, the Miami game. So certainly over the last couple of days since they pulled off the Harden trade, these last two games have felt more gettable. They felt more winnable. But before that, man, it was a team that felt like they had no shot. And I'm not trying to overanalyze where they are in the standings. I know a lot can change. I know once Durant's back, this is a team that can rattle off seven or eight in a row. But it's depressing waking up every morning, losing again, and look at the stand, looking at the standings and seeing a bigger hole between you and getting to that sixth spot. Because it wasn't that long ago we were talking about the one spot, and now it's about, hey, can we get out of the play-in game? And I hate to say it, but that's the goal. And it really has nothing to do with the, the Kyrie Irving situation because the truth is I, I don't think they can win if Kyrie Irving isn't eligible for home games. I don't buy this. Well, if you have Rome, road court advantage, they'll be able to win enough. They're not beating the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't think they're even beating uh, the Miami Heat. They're certainly not beating any of the Western Conference teams if they don't have Kyrie Irving eligible for all games. You're putting way too much pressure on what they have to do on the road if you're really going into the postseason with Kyrie Irving only eligible for road games and not home games. So 
look, when you factor in the matchups and you factor in what seed you want, I'm sorry, I can't sit here saying, yeah, I really want the five and six so I don't have home court advantage. Sure, it's better to have Kyrie Irving available, but I just can't see them winning unless he's available for every single game. So it's really getting out of this hole. You know, the, the baby step is they got this victory against Sacramento. It was amazing that the Monta Sabonis didn't have a monster night. It seems like he owns the next. De'Aaron Fox, despite one of those ugly corner threes that hit the side of the backboard, showed a little bit of his jump shot tonight. But it was just a much, much needed win. A desperation win. I usually call it a mental health win. I probably shouldn't make that comment with Ben Simmons on the team now. But here's the bottom line. They needed to win a freaking basketball game. Are they going to beat the Knicks Wednesday night? I have no idea. Are they going to beat the Washington Wizards Thursday going into the All-Star break? I have no idea. But being conservative, after the Miami game, I looked at these next three, all very similar because you don't have Kyrie available for any of them. Can you somehow manage to win two of them? And, look, I know the Knicks game is a rivalry game. I, it's weird to say this, and I know I'll – completely flip-flop because I'll be at the Garden on Wednesday night, but because they suck so much, because Kevin Durant's not playing, because Kyrie isn't eligible, because their third star, if you want to call Ben Simmons, that is not playing, I don't know, man. I think the pressure's off. If we lose, we lose. You know, it's, it's not the same as it would be in other circumstances. You know, it would just be a loss to a bad team. That's the way I would look at it. A loss to a bad team with, you know, missing some key guys. So as much as I don't want to walk out of Madison Square Garden a loser, trust me, it's a horrible feeling. I I don't think I feel the same pressure. And I don't know if other Net fans agree with me, but I don't think we have the same pressure we have in other circumstances. Because honestly, if we lose, and I think a part of why losing to the Knicks sucks so much is the trash talk, right? the Twitter talk. If we lose to the New York Knicks without Kevin Durant, without Kyrie Irving, without Ben Simmons, without Joe Harris, they suck. They're not any good. They've had some absolutely brutal losses over the last few weeks. Are they really going to talk trash? And even if they do, could you take it seriously? So I want to win just because you want to win as many games on the schedule. But I think the normal Nick Net pressures have been sort of alleviated. And then Washington's a very winnable game the next night in Brooklyn. Now, as far as Harden's concerned and everything that transpired, this clearly became a situation in which they had to trade the guy. I don't think we realized how dire it was a week and a half ago. I don't think we realized that, you know, basically him and Kevin Durant weren't talking, that James Harden had completely checked out. Certainly the Sacramento game is a game that's going to live in net history. It's it's going to go down, not that I ever want to compare Jason Kidd and James Harden anymore, but it's the migraine game. That's really what it is. You know, the end of Jason Kidd's tenure with the Brooklyn Nets is we remember the migraine game, and you've got that game in Sacramento. I'm not sure how much before that James Harden started to quit on this team. I don't know what he's going to be in Philadelphia. I'm not convinced that the hamstring injury is legit, even though he's out before the out until the All-Star break and is not playing in the All-Star game. He's probably bitter that Kevin Durant didn't want to pick him, that LeBron James was mocking the whole thing. And if James Harden really cares about how he's viewed, 
yeah, I don't think he wanted to come back immediately and have it seem as if there was no injury. Now, while I expect James Harden to be motivated in Philadelphia, we all watched him for the last few months. Assuming he hadn't checked out since the beginning of the season, this wasn't the same guy. And by the way, I'm not convinced he wasn't the same guy strictly because he wasn't getting the same foul calls as the past. I mean, this is a guy who all year long, we bitched about it, we saw it, couldn't finish at the basket. Seemed to lose a little bit of his first step. His burst seemed to be, not gone, I don't want to say the guy's had a crappy year in terms of overall you know, NBA standards. He's had a crappy year in terms of James Harden's standards. Is he still an all-star caliber player? Sure. But I don't know if James Harden's going to go to Philadelphia because he's got a smile on his face and flip the switch. And and as much as I want to see him crash and burn, here's how we're going to judge this trade. We're not going to judge it based on how good James Harden looks. We're going to judge it based on how it fits for us. Seth Curry is a great fit for this team. Andre Drummond adds some toughness on the glass that we need some size. But what is Ben Simmons going to be? On paper, There are things that are appealing about Ben Simmons. He's younger than James Harden. He's 25. He's got a lot to prove. He's excellent defensively. But the deficiencies in Ben's game hasn't changed. And I think Steve Nash is going to use him very differently, no doubt. And I think we all realize, Sixer fans and even those from afar, that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons was an odd fit. Can it work better with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and shooters like Seth Curry and Patty Mills and potentially Joe Harris? In theory, it can. But the concern we all should have, what is he mentally after what happened in the postseason a year ago? A part of me has thought, and 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 I hate thinking it, trust me. It's not like I want to sit here being a bad guy. I thought from afar... Maybe he's faking the mental illness issues. And I feel bad saying that. Like, I don't want to sit here accusing anybody of faking things. But the way everything transpired in Philadelphia, you can't blame me or anyone else for being skeptical. And that's all I am. I'm skeptical. I'm not sitting here telling you I know for sure he was faking it. Or I know for sure he doesn't deal with mental health issues. I have no idea. But from a basketball standpoint, I wonder if... The crowd's going awe every time he is unguarded at the perimeter. As much as he sits there and works on his three-point shot, can he develop that part of his game just a little bit? Look, Giannis Antetokounmpo hasn't become Seth Curry. That's right. I said Seth Curry. Steph Curry from three. But he's a little bit more of a threat today than he was four years ago. All you're asking is growth. Can Ben Simmons make that jump? Can he grow? Can he not be afraid of a big moment when that big moment arises for this team? That's the wild card of all of this. You know, we know what Seth Curry can bring this team. He's been in the league for a while. We know what he is. We know what Andre Drummond can bring this team, bring to this team. And look, we've seen the good and the bad of James Harden. Did the Nets become a deeper team with this trade? Absolutely. But did the kind of the apex of this team, the possibilities of what they look like with Harden, Irving, and Durant all playing and clicking at the same time. Did we lose the top heaviness of what this team could be? Yeah. Look, they were 13-3 and when the three guys played, and they barely played together. And so that's why 
even though long term this may turn out to be a great trade, we'll see. The jury is out, obviously. There was something disappointing about this not working out. But he's gone. And maybe we'll get to boom in the postseason. <laughs> Who the hell knows how it's going to play out. But very nice victory against Sacramento. Hopefully they can keep this going into the All-Star break. And really, fingers crossed on Kevin Durant. They need this guy back. I mean, that goes without saying. And hopefully, with everything that's going on in this country and COVID cases going down and mask mandates being lifted, we just saw it in Washington, D.C. They lifted the, the uh, vaccine mandate. Hopefully, this leads to Kyrie Irving being eligible for all games. Because here's the truth. They're not winning unless he is. They are not winning an NBA championship or even competing deeply for an NBA title unless he's eligible for all freaking games. But we'll see. Anyhow, I am now on the hutch heading home after a nice net victory. I'll be there at the Garden Wednesday. I'm not sure if I'll do a drive-home reaction. I guess it depends how I feel. Anyhow, thanks for listening to this drive-home edition of the Brooklyn Basketball Podcast.